Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So sanctify thy servant Charles, that he may be crowned with thy gracious favor and filled with abundant grace and all princely virtues. Through him who liveth and reigneth supreme over all things, one God, world without end. Amen. God save the King! What in the hell are you people talking about? (laughs) Leave us alone or we'll shoot you. Signed, George Washington. Um, I don't know what to say about the spectacle that was the coronation of King George III. I didn't think that would ever happen again. At that level, it was wild. Um, the, I mean, if you saw any of it, and I saw very little of it on principle and because I was busy, the time, money, pomp, uh, just fanciness of it, it, yeah. it, it defies description. The trappings, the the yeah. the gold carriage that he was pulled in with the horses which i remember seeing that in the museum there um uh, i didn't realize they actually brought it out uh and used it but i i remember seeing it in the museum and thinking wow so crazy that it well, they haven't was... used it for 70 years yeah right um and the, the actual 
I saw somebody tweet. I think it was Sandifer uh, tweet. Hey, he's wearing his mom's hat um, <laughs> with the crown and everything. It just I say it's I, I, I get that there's a certain segment that likes the whole prince princess story. If you're kind of a romantic, you grew up as a little girl. And what your a, head is soft. Yes. But it's it, I well, I, I find it sickening. And I don't understand why other people don't find it sickening. Like, I actually find it sickening. It bothers me on so many levels. In the same way that the Met Gala does that was held in New York. But at least those people allegedly earned their wealth and position in society to a certain extent. And I can also ignore them. And they also have no power. But but the just the idea oh, I of I think a, they have a lot of power but some of them do the but idea anyway. of a royal family that you're born into and so you wear that long fur coat with all those people walking behind you holding it up off the ground and walk slowly and everybody god save the what are you talking about is you know, it just cosplay well, uh, Brett say, you know, it's something that brings us together. It's 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 something we have in common. Even as we yell at each other over politics, we have the king and the Buckingham Palace and the rest of it. And I guess I can't relate to that, but I'll take y'all's word for it. Um, but uh, and and it's defensible in terms of tourism. It gives Britain an outsized public image around the world. Other than that, it's it's indefensible. It's ridiculous. Divine right of kings, my ass. Stop it. Yeah, I don't get it. Maybe I mean, especially because he's not a king. Really. I mean, it's a ceremonial position. The new prime minister goes and says, they elected me prime minister, so uh, I got to get started. And the king said, yes, uh, I give you my kingly endorsement or whatever the heck the verbiage is. And then they go back to doing a real government official's work. But so he's, he's it's like a. A faux king, a king man K, king cosplay, as you say. Well, nobody had seen it, like you said, in three quarters of a century, uh, but it was so over the top. I mean, you couldn't take it any further. It was turned to 11 in terms of the the jewels and the gold and the the robe and the Oh my God! I don't, yeah, unless they chucked a couple of virgins into a volcano, that was about as over the top as it could get. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how you go through it as a grown man. I don't know how you don't st- like you're walking along real slow with people holding up your long robe and everything like that, and and you don't just stop and say, "Okay, I got, I can't do this. This is stupid. This is just dumb." And I call it off. Calling it off right here. Well, it's a pretty good lifestyle, I think, if you don't mind ribbon cuttings. Yeah, so I've <laughs> He's read, Richard and can be. You know, well, right. Richard, I've, I've read various things over my life about how it actually makes money. It doesn't cost. Well, John Oliver did a long piece on that on his HBO show where he claims, no, it costs Great Britain a ton of money, and here's how. Um, if that's accurate or not, I don't know. Uh but it's just it just seems so ridiculous to me. And like I said, actually sickening. The worshipful worshipfulness of somebody born into that sort of thing. I hate that like I hate the whole idea of the Kennedys. I mean, it's just, you know, I find it just sickening. All right, it's abhorrent. It's anti-American. Oh, well, it's anti-enlightenment. It's anti-everything it's anti good. It, and so, 
So if Russia ever turned it around and became a democracy, would they someday have a coronation of a dictator and act like that's kind of cool to look back on the past? Because you realize kings, I mean, Queen Elizabeth wasn't like this, but you don't have to go back much further. They were abhorrent people. I mean, absolutely sure. abhorrent. Yeah. Yeah. By certainly uh, modern democratic standards. Yeah. Inexcusable. Brutal. Yeah, you can have the bright robes and everything like that, but they were a dictator, and just like all other dictators, they had people put to death, and they, they, the, the, the kings got to rape whoever they wanted to rape, and just all, all kinds of horrible things happened. Why are we acting well, yeah, like kings that was of cool? England not that long ago? Yeah, so I just say I, I don't know, I don't get it. It's Your cosplay. wife doesn't bury you a son; you have her head lopped off. Yeah, right. Cool cosplay i think you nailed it yeah it's funny i'm picturing in russia they uh and now the crowning of the new czar who will take the name nicholas the seventh you know da, 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 they go through the, 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 the whatever they do in russia probably some sort of big orthodox church and everybody walks around and genuflects and he drags along his kingly robes like you're describing then everybody goes back to their jobs i don't yeah, I wonder if it's about done though. I thought maybe King uh, King Charles the Third, King what is he? I don't know. Who King cares? Charles the Third, I think. I think uh, you're right. I didn't think that he would go through it, but certainly, well, William might though. William might. Uh, Harry definitely was never going to, but William might. He might. He might. He might carry on and do what he's supposed to do. They seem to play well, into that whole thing. Bright people. I'm sure it's been explained to them the benefit of it, and they think, well, okay. Plus, they're richer than God. Yeah. Wow. And the amount of coverage of it. Yeah. Yeah. In America. Soft heads. If you watch more than an hour of that, you're not allowed to vote. Oh, and if you teared up, I have no respect for you. No respect <laughs> for you whatsoever. And your emotions. It's not many shows that angrily insult their audience like we do, but it's it's our trademark. Especially people who are crying at something <laughs> Stop crying, you ass. <laughs> Wow. Well, all right. Good for England. Tally-ho or cheerio or whatever you're supposed to say. Yeah, good soccer teams. There you go. Right. Some cool music. Congrats on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some fine bands, sure, through the years. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I'm with you on the whole crooked brown teeth thing. I'm on your side on that one, England. Wow. Okay. There's a vote of support. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry we shot your guys, but, you know... You know, you're kind of a bully. Right. And my son's just learning about the uh, the beginning of the Revolutionary War in fifth grade right now and the Boston Massacre and Lexington and Concord and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He actually yeah, missed They're out. They're still teaching history, huh? That's odd. He, he missed out on the uh, Lexington and Concord Day. He got pulled out for drums for his band lesson. That's the way they do it now. I don't know exactly what that is. Uh, but he missed it. He, he really loves history, so he's disappointed. So he asked me about it. So we went on Wikipedia and... Re relearned. I mean, you know, how many times, different times, did I learn Lexicon and Lexington and Concord? But I couldn't sure. pull it all out from memory. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, if they're going to pull them out of that lesson to play drums, they ought to teach them a little fife too. That'd exactly. Things more even. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Balance yeah. the scales. Yeah. But um. Uh, yeah. The freaking Brits. They were just like any other imperial country and uh, doing horrible things. And then they're celebrating this king. Whatever. Eh, we've said our piece. Wow, it just occurred to me, you got to confront the woke crowd with when they say, yeah, the American Revolution was fought to perpetuate slavery, which is a bizarre and dishonest misstatement of history. Say, 
No, actually, we were decolonializing uh, the United States because it was literally colonies. And so uh, are you against decolonialization? Good Lord, we're drumming you out of the Enlightenment Society. Is uh, the whole royal family thing more appealing to people on the left or the right that I don't know in a way? Is there a politics thing around that? Wow, what an interesting question. I don't have a sense of that. No, I I don't either. It's just all about the thickness of your skull. And pliability. Yeah, your your, uh, IQ, if it's under 70. You sat there and watched that all day long on CNN. Teared up. Again, kicking the audience would probably have... Oh, hey, stop! Stop! Now, maybe people are into it for reasons you don't understand. Quit kicking them. These are our customers. I'm so sorry, folks. I am so sorry. Uh, He's unhinged. Uh, we, as a democracy, might go over the uh, the debt cliff, the debt ceiling cliff. Uh, we got to talk about that, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Our current projection is that in early June, a day will come when we're unable to pay our bills unless Congress raises the debt ceiling. And it's something I strongly urge Congress to do. That's the ancient secretary of the Treasury who matches ages with all the other ancient people in charge of everything in our government. Is there anybody that doesn't talk so slow and Sounds so old that's in charge of anything in our government ever. The first ever gerontocracy. Uh, yeah, but we do have this whole debt ceiling thing uh, coming up, as you've, uh, I'm sure you've heard about. And um, came across this stat, or I guess George Stephanopoulos mentioned it yesterday on his show. We came up with this brilliant debt ceiling idea in 1960. So it's kind of like me coming up with my idea of I'm never going to go above this weight. 
Mm-hmm. And then when I go above that weight, I come up with a new number I won't go above. Then I'll come up with a new number I won't go above. That's what we're doing with the debt ceiling. Since 1960, we have raised the debt ceiling limit 78 times. Well, we've only been trying it for 63 years. 78 times we've raised it. Doesn't that seem a little silly at some point? I mean, if I do that with my diet, if 78 times I've changed the weight that my is my goal. That's it. 440 pounds is as high as I go. And then if I were to say to myself, we're not raising it again. You've got to cut back on your eating. You're trying to put a gun to my head and force me to stop eating. You need to raise my... These are calories we've already taken in. (laughs) Anyway, this crazy idea came out over the weekend. Uh, Joe Biden brought it up, or I don't know who came up with the idea, of him being able to use the 14th Amendment for him to just personally... Uh, raise the debt limit, which Republicans have pushed back on, saying he doesn't have the power to do that. And if he can do that, then basically he could, you know, raise taxes, lower taxes, print money, all kinds of different things that he could do on his own. So uh, a whole bunch of people said that absolutely sounds crazy. So George Stephanopoulos was asking Janet Yellen about that. He asks her, I don't know how many times this clip includes it. He asks her a total of four times and she refuses to rule it out. Here's a little bit of that. But do you? But is it on the table? Is it something that could be considered? Are you saying you just said there's no way this can be done without Congress? Is that a hard and fast position that the president will, under no circumstances, invoke the Fourteenth Amendment? Look, I, all I want to say is that it's Congress's job to do this. If they fail to do it, we will have an economic and financial catastrophe that will be of our own making. Uh, I'm still not exactly clear on, on whether it's on the table or off the table. Is it a break glass in case of emergency option? Look, I, I don't, I don't want to consider emergency options. So that went on actually for several minutes as he tried to get an answer out of her, and and she never at any point said no, we won't do that. So I guess it's on the table to do something that most people seem to think is unconstitutional. It's funny, speaking of times of uh, spans of time going by, it's funny that uh, in the past 150 years plus, nobody's come up with this before. Right. I mean, maybe Joe Biden and Janet Yellen are the greatest super geniuses who've ever walked the earth. I suppose that's one possibility. <laughs> or the idea is so far-fetched, nobody's had the cojones to float it before. Well, we're starting to come up with crazy ideas, like the trillion-dollar coin that was actually discussed, apparently, for a while. We'll mint a trillion-dollar coin. Why don't lose that thing? So, Jim, could you use bring that out for? The, like it? Could you bring out the trillion-dollar coin? I, you had it last. <laughs> no, I Check didn't. The couch cushions. No, I didn't. Saturday night, I said, "Here, hold this." When I went to the bathroom, you never gave it back to me. I did give it back to you. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use the trillion dollar coin in a I don't know a vending machine that would sell you Australia <laughs> or several aircraft carriers? Yeah. Uh, exactly. But anyway, the, the, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. They are meeting tomorrow, though. Um, a number of people have made the point that if this is the kind of crisis that they're describing, like earth-shattering, bring-on-a-global-depression crisis, why did the president last week say, we'll meet next week? Why didn't you meet the next day, as many people have said? 
uh, if it's that kind of an emergency. So I don't get that at all. But they are the, he and, and McCarthy and a number of other people are meeting tomorrow with at least the current reporting. Be the me, the meeting is going to be Joe Biden saying once again, I'm not negotiating on this. OK, thanks for the meeting. Yeah, it's like I'm watching a fight between crazy, stupid, and irresponsible and trying to figure out who to root for. I mean, the whole thing is just farcical. Yeah, well, and we've never gone for this in the past where we actually talk about this because it always has just gotten solved at the last second. And then it's like, what was all that wasted breath about? I just feel like we're in different times now and things that were unthinkable keep happening. So I feel like it might be on the table this time. Go, oh boy. Uh, I don't. Uh, what, what's next? Reconsidering the Third Amendment and making us quarter troops? I mean, everything's on the table now. <laughs> wow! I end up quartering British troops. That'd be weird. That would be weird. Hey, kids! I need to talk to you. You're gonna have several British soldiers living in our house <laughs> starting tomorrow. <laughs> there are a couple of British pilots outside. <laughs> They're demanding to be let in to be quartered here. I don't know what to do. <laughs> They're both hella hungry. What do we have to feed them? <laughs> Uh, again, a nightmare scenario. Let's hope we don't get there. <laughs> what does urban decay look like? What causes it? Uh, Gent describing how San Francisco went to hell um, in, in uh, simply uh, simple, eloquent language that I found very persuasive, persuasive and very good. Unlike my speech, it was very clear. Um, I think you'll enjoy that. If I have to quarter some British troops, I'm going to ask him what's up with that whole king thing. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everybody is calling this poll from Washington Post ABC devastating for Joe Biden. Two thirds, nearly, of Americans, higher than that of independents, think he's not mentally or physically capable of being president. Wow. 
Wow is right. I, I hold to my prediction that he will not run. More on that coming up? We need to post at armstrongandgetty.com a, a piece by Jonah Goldberg, which is uncharacteristically to the point for Jonah, who sometimes writes as if he's paid by the word. Terrific writer, really interesting guy, um, even when I disagree with him. But um, he's making the point that we should have zero tolerance for crime. If it's criminalized, it's crime for everyone. And when you introduce, well, you can't have zero tolerance for crime because that, uh, you know, uh, falls more heavily on people of color, blah, blah, blah. You are getting into some truly murky thinking. And he also gets into the idea of, um, of uh, you know, bias crimes uh, and, and whether they're actually worse and in what ways they are. Uh, they are. And, and he makes some pretty good, uh, subtle, well-thought-out points about hate crimes and that sort of thing. think you'll enjoy reading about it, but um, that reminded me of something I saw about San Francisco over the weekend that I thought was really good. It's written by a guy named Zach Colius, who's uh, politically liberal as far as I can tell. He's uh, an entrepreneur, a fairly young man, and a San Franciscan. And he says, as I've traveled around the world over the last year, a lot of folks from other countries have been asking me what the hell went wrong in San Francisco. The city so many call their favorite city in the U.S. has become obviously broken. And, and it is. It is a great example, as are several other West Coast cities, of the laboratory of democracy at work. You want to try crazy, in my opinion, unprecedented policies and that sort of thing? Uh, go ahead. Let's see what happens. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't tend to look at what happens and then draw conclusions from it, probably because they're busy with their own lives. But anyway, so here's what this dude tells his friends around the world. San Francisco and California is a case study in the danger of a single political party in control. The loudest voices at the extremes invariably win arguments as their supporters are the most motivated. Insane policies are enacted without pushback, and those policies have broken San Francisco. And he says, first and foremost is the push to reform the justice system. The U.S. clearly has an unfair and broken justice system badly in need of reform. I think that might overstate it a little bit, but we do need to work on it. I mean, if you are stuck with a public defender, you're probably screwed. If you have money, you're probably not screwed. That's probably no way to run a justice system. But anyway, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, San Francisco and California have enthusiastically rushed into changing the way we enforce crimes and how policing works. And this is getting into Jonah Goldberg's piece. But sadly, instead of thinking systematically, they decided to simply stop enforcing small crimes, in quotes. For instance, shoplifting is decriminalized. This has led to an explosion of property crime and escalated criminality across the city. Everyone in the city is victimized. These small crimes have not only made the daily envir environment miserable, but they're quickly escalating. Professional criminal gangs now operate with impunity, and guns have become very common. Stores are closing across the city, unable to afford losses. Hey, we are just reading this article in the front of the San Francisco Chronicle about Nordstrom's closing there. The anchor there of the big uh, shopping center at Fifth and Market. Been there for decades, closing. I told my story about being there, what, Friday before last? The doors are locked at the super fancy stores next to the expensive hotel. The doors are locked with an armed guard outside. And they look you over, and then they might unlock the door and let you in. What? In the United States of America? Okay. Yeah, I know. We're losing our civilization. Zach goes on. Drugs. 
San Francisco decided to simply stop enforcing the law. As a super powerful new synthetic drug is raging, fentanyl, of course, San Francisco has the cheapest and easiest drugs in the country, coupled with generous handouts and the ability to take it freely from stores, to take freely from stores, either. Addicts across the country gravitate here. That is a simple, undeniable truth that is denied over and over again by the homeless industrial complex, that generous policies toward junkies, especially, draw more junkies. Ask anybody in Freattle whether that's true or poor, beleaguered Portland. He mentioned well, not something. To, we, not to get off track, but since you mentioned no. that, the most hippie town in Washington, self-declared Bellingham, yeah. has decided to outlaw drugs because it's gotten completely out of hand. Oh, yeah. Too many people are dying. So they're free, you know, do heroin, do fentanyl, whatever areas. They've said no more. We can't do it. Yeah. yeah. The reality bats last. So, as Zach points out, something we've discussed uh, many times about European, like, safe needle programs and that sort of thing. He writes, in Portugal, they coupled decriminalization with a robust treatment program in a system where those whose addiction causes them to damage their community could choose treatment or jail. San Francisco and the rest of the West Coast chose not to do that, and the destruction is immense. As I've said before, European, you know, drug rehab people came to San Francisco to see what we were doing in the States. And they were aghast. They were astonished and horrified. They said, no, 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 no. You still have to fulfill your obligations as a citizen. Even though you're on drugs, we don't let people commit crimes and crap in the streets and and live on the streets and stuff. You guys have gotten this completely wrong. This is compassionate euros. Uh, Our streets, oh, mental health. He says, our streets are full of untreated mentally ill. We don't have a system for forcing people whose illness causes them to damage their community into confined care. We simply let them terrorize others and trash public spaces. Horrible for them and us. And it's the ACLU and the far, far left that's opposing any effort to get these poor people into treatment on the basis that it's abusive or something. You got that guy in New York City. I was going to bring that up. on the subway. I was going to bring that up, yeah. He committed brutal crime after brutal crime after brutal crime, probably because he was out of his mind. But the ACLU said, oh, no, to, to put him in a, a, you know, a locked mental health care facility would be cruel and unfair to him. Well, finally, people decided to defend themselves, and the guy's dead. Did the guy who choked him out go overboard? Well, I'll let you worry about that. Um, but, I, I mean, I wish the guy wasn't dead, but you can't tell me that's the right policy to let him go over and over again. So there are a number of loud voices, AOC and others, screaming racism and all these different sorts of things that he was targeted as a black man and everything like that and choked out on the train. Meanwhile... Thousands of people of all colors around the country are dying every day. So you're okay if the if the mentally ill person, you're either mentally ill because you're old-fashioned mentally ill or you ruined your brain on drugs. Either way, your brain doesn't work. You're okay with those people just die in the street. So they just die mm-hmm. over there under the bush by the doorway in the middle of the night because it's cold. That's okay. But they Hungry get, and afraid. Yeah, that's just fine. They get choked out on the train. It's a huge issue. That's weird. Kind of weird misplaced compassion is that if you can blame white people or the man or the authorities or republicans or something you get to parade around with a clean conscience waving the flag of enlightenment whereas if these people die on the streets hundreds of times as many do as get choked out on new york subways you get to pretend that that's that's not on you this the hypocrisy and moral irresponsibility is astonishing Anyway, to finish up this guy's screed, which I thought was good, 
he mentions uh, housing. San Francisco has gone through an incredible tech boom for 20 years. Innumerable new jobs led to a huge influx. San Francisco leaders decided they wanted to keep the city a museum and simply refused to build enough housing. Obviously, costs exploded and so many folks were priced out. There's a lot of truth to that. A broken political system. Instead of having a mayor who can be held accountable, here committees run everything. The Board of Supervisors runs the city, and independent committees of appointed cronies run each department. Inevitable uh, dysfunction has resulted. This dysfunction has led to out-of-control spending and a focus on political signaling for these cronies to exhibit their ideological bona fides and to position themselves for the next appointment. Corruption and ineptitude is rampant. Now San Francisco is in an inevitable doom loop. The tourists have stopped coming for fear of being robbed. The offices are empty as everyone would rather work from home. And stores are closing with no customers and daily looting. Those who can leave are leaving. Goes into the importance to the city of downtown and its tax revenue, how that's collapsing. The progressives who run the city are in a state of denial and are simply ideologically incapable of making the changes to reverse course. Moreover, because of the highly distributed nature of power in San Francisco, it will take years for them to push out and replace those uh, irrational actors with rational wow, actors. that's interesting. Yeah, it's a very good and thorough look at the reality of the situation by a man, I think, of the left. Um, but that's fair and well-written, Zach. You know, kudos. Oh, you know, and that reminds me, one thing leading to another. The left-wing San Francisco Chronicle writing a scathing piece, Heather Knight did. What counts as real Democrat, as a real Democrat in San Francisco, infighting on the left reaches new lows. And it's about this gal. She's a daughter of Chinese immigrants, married a woman from Mexico who got her green card last week. Okay? And they've adopted some kids. All right? So this is like some sort of we are the world rainbow flag power couple registered democrat been in democratic politics since high school voted for liz warren blah 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 in her twitter bio she says republicans are the biggest threat to our democracy etc etc but she has been essentially drummed out of democratic politics in san francisco for being too right-wing and probably a closeted republican because she and her partner are part of I think it's, uh, what is the name of their organization? I had it highlighted. It's something like uh, San Francisco Democrat Families because they have kids Mm. and they want the city to be safe to raise kids in. So they're being portrayed. They couldn't get certified. Their West Side Family Democratic Club. There it is. There's the name of it. Um, They couldn't get certified by the San Francisco Democratic Party because the far, far, far left eyes them with so much suspicion. Because they're advocating for families. How crackpot is that? Buddy of mine was in L.A. with his wife last weekend and saw with his own eyes the, you know, blocks and blocks and blocks of tents and burnout cars and whatever. Almost people living in. Just absolutely couldn't believe it. Absolutely couldn't believe it. Yeah. Los yeah. Angeles Pictures don't do it justice. They really don't. Uh, you got to see this stuff with your own eyes. But we mentioned uh, Bellingham, Washington, known as the most hippie town in Washington, outlawing the use of heroin and fentanyl. Listen to this. It's a town of 92,000 people pushed to their limit because the fire department had responded to 223 overdoses. That's two and a half per day between January and April 12th. So this year they responded to two and a half overdoses per day. In a town of 92,000 people. I mean, they just couldn't keep up. 
Well, and I suspect very, very strongly. In fact, come on. We know this, don't we? Their population's 92,000, but they have a huge population of transient junkies who knew that they could abuse, sell, buy drugs there with impunity. So they have imported a terrible junkie problem, like so many West Coast cities have with their alleged enlightened attitudes. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's on it's it's is it just a coincidence or what that these attitudes of let's let people do what they want in the street and it's their sidewalk as much as yours and all that sort of stuff happened at the same time that these new drugs hit the street, the new meth that is way different than the old meth, fentanyl and all that. The 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 the, the what is it? The trank? Did all this stuff just coincidentally hit at the time when we've decided to be more lax on drugs? That's unfortunate. Helping people die from drugs is not compassion. We're easing them into death on the pavement. I mean, the fact that the new meth ruins your brain real fast should be way bigger story than it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're blaming the victim. Yeah. Drug Uh, addiction is a disease. You have any thoughts on that? Uh, The text line is uh, 415-295-KFTC. More on the way. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Right, we've seen Donald Trump's numbers go up in the last couple of months across a range of polls, and most of the other candidates either going down or staying around the same. Ron DeSantis at 20%. Of course, that is not even half Trump's total right now. Everyone else in the single digits. That includes our ABC News contributor Chris Christie, who's considering a run of his own. He's at 1% in this poll. And when we ask people to to focus in on the top candidates, to choose just among the top contenders, you actually see Trump's number go up a little bit. Ron DeSantis does as well, but still, he's nowhere near where Donald Trump is across the country. The other candidates, again, still in the mid or low single digits. Trump head-to-head with Biden beats Biden. 
So does DeSantis, but that ruins DeSantis's argument of you can't vote for Trump, he can't win. But that's not the headline out of this poll. The headline is, and Byron York uh, nails it pretty good in his final paragraph in the Washington Examiner today. Nearly two-thirds of Americans think Joe Biden is not physically or mentally capable of doing his job. And so... This is an ABC Washington Post poll. Right. The most dramatic story in the new poll is the single stark fact that most people do not believe the current president is fit for the job. What happens now? When I have think we this been poll here? is a moment. It's a turning point. It's got to be. I'll bet we've never been in this situation where a majority of Americans didn't think the sitting president was physically or mentally fit for the job. I'll bet we've never been in that position. And uh, Byron York breaks it down, which is kind of interesting. It's a majority of Republicans and Democrats and independents. For the uh, Republicans and independents, well, let's just go with independents since that was seen as such a big deal. Um, the independents really swaying the election last time around. The um, the number is super high for independents. Among independents, 69% said he does not have the mental sharpness to be president. 65% he does not have the physical health to serve. Wow, that's an enormous number. Yeah, among independents. You want to break it down by age groups? 70% of young people, 18 to 39, don't think he's got the brain or the body to do it. It's 61% for the middle-aged. Even among your old people, it's a majority. Mm -hmm. Gender gap? A little bit. It's around uh, two-thirds for men. A little lower for women, but still a majority. All education levels, it's a majority. Race and ethnicity, it's a majority. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, or Hispanic. Still a majority. Don't think his brain or body is up to the job. Geography, doesn't matter where you live. Everybody feels the same way. I mean, that's amazing. Well, I think it's because it's self-evidently true. Well, right. Yeah, you're right. That's the that's the obvious, simple part. You watch him. It's not a political attitude. It's just an observation of the obvious. Right. You watch him twice on TV and think, that guy's too old mentally and physically, to be president of the United States. And as Byron York writes, so now what? Well, the discussions behind the scenes have to be feverish. I mean, they were already happening on the Democratic side, and for the umpteenth time, it's all the more urgent because the vice president's an idiot, and there's nobody who thinks she could handle the office. She can't handle the office of vice president, and that doesn't have any duties. Well, I'm I'm not sure. I I wish there was the case. I don't think most politicians and parties worry about whether they can do the job. It's whether or not they can win. Uh, There aren't any Democrats that think Kamala Harris can win. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So either way you look at it, it's a, it's a non-starter. So I've got to believe the behind-the-scenes discussions are, are pretty damned oh, feverish after, right now. After this poll, I'm sure they got the poll Saturday, the day before. And um, Stephanopoulos might have sent it himself to uh, leading Democrats. Say, hey, you ought to see this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. If Mark Halpern, who's been writing in his newsletter that his sources say major Democrats are really worried about his physical and mental decline. Now that the polling shows that all of America is, no matter your education, gender, politics, the majority of Americans think he's not. Holy crap, I can't imagine the conversations they must be having. 
Well, right, and that's why when all of the talking heads were mouthing the accepted ideas, that very small group of ideas that they all agree on, then spout about, no, he is clearly running, he's indicated he's running, I steadfastly said he can't be because the guy is self-evidently too old, physically and mentally infirm. And now everybody's willing to say it out loud, you know, okay, great, welcome to reality, I live here. You just try the try the veal, it's good. They've got to be terrified. America ought to be terrified. Yeah. It's either Trump or what? Some moderate Democratic governor is going to suddenly appear? Gavi Newsom, God help us? Well, he's twice as smart as Kamala Harris anyway. What a weird situation. Again, I'll bet America has never been in this situation where two-thirds of people think the president's not mentally fit to be in office. If you miss an hour of this show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.